Welcome to One Tired Teacher, Episode 23, Five Astonishing Reasons Every Classroom Needs a Makerspace. I hope you'll stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey, welcome to today's show. I'm so excited to be talking about Makerspace today. Makerspace is like such an exciting topic for me. I feel very passionate about this. But before we get started, I want to let you know that today's show is being sponsored by my free masterclass for podcasting. It's the five myths we're going to break down about podcasting in order for you to be making meaningful connections with your audience. I hope that you'll join me. You can find out more information on Trina Debery, Teaching and Learning, Learn with Trina. I hope to see you there. I'll also put the show the link in the show notes. All right, so let's get started talking about Makerspace. Makerspace is a rapidly growing trend in the schools across the country, and it is taking schools by storm. Now, most Makerspace exists in media centers or in libraries, which there is a distinct difference between media centers and libraries. But, you know, I think I'll save that for another time. But I do feel like these are this is a limitation to where makerspaces should exist. I think they're awesome in a media center for sure. And when I was in the media center for a year, I was all about creating a makerspace and it was really exciting for me. I have a link to a video where I redid uh, the maker or the media center and I included a makerspace. Now I had a long way to go, but I was just getting started and I was using whatever tools and tricks I could find in order to make this space an inviting space for kids. So don't judge me too harshly on that. (laughs) All right. So having just come from the primary classroom for about 17 years of teaching, I really wanted to give the media center a try. So I applied or I took a test about becoming a media specialist and I got certified and I was really excited about doing it. And the first thing that I had discovered in my research on being a media specialist was all about makerspace. Like makerspace was something that was calling my name. When I was in the classroom, I did a lot of hands-on types of activities, and I also was all about multiple intelligence. I had multiple intelligence centers in my classroom. I organized my apps on my iPad according to multiple intelligence. My kids knew exactly what they were working on. They knew what their where their strengths lied, and they also new and areas that they had to stretch themselves. And so it was an exciting exciting time for me like I was I was really once I realized that makerspace was a thing and that I because I'd never heard of it when I was in the classroom so when I realized that it was a thing and this was pretty early on this was several years ago before it like kind of started becoming so big um, I just was like I'm grabbing on to this like this is amazing in my opinion and then I went to a technology conference and it was all about makerspace and it was something that just really fueled my enthusiasm. It was so exciting. So when I when I first got to the media center, as the media specialist, I had just transferred schools. And I was in this new school in this new environment. And 
I'm telling you, I walked into this media center and it was a disaster. Like a, it needed like a 911 makeover. It was so bad. There were piles of books everywhere. It was a, it was just a huge, it was a huge mess. And needless to say, like I spent hours upon hours upon hours with on the weekend with my daughter thank goodness for her um cleaning it up moving furniture furniture I shouldn't have been moving and wiping things down filthy it was filthy and it was just unbelievable so I I really I feel like I transformed it I want my goal was to leave it better than I found it and I definitely feel like I did that and and then we painted so I had to do it again and then we had um a hurricane and people were in there. So it was a giant mess again. And then, <laughs> then I had to have the carpet replaced and it was completely torn apart. And I really I actually felt like I might have been a part of a psychological experiment where they were seeing how many times you can make someone redo a task before they break. And I'm going to tell you right now, that third time was the breaking point. Like I was like, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go crazy because they took the books off the shelves and literally just threw them in boxes. And there was some, like they tried to have a system, but there really wasn't a system in place. So reshelving thousands upon thousands of books was like, oh man, I'm telling you, talk about a breaking point. Sometimes when, and I don't think people understand sometimes when we ask teachers and and, you know, special area teachers, any type of teacher, or a person, even a person to do the same task repeatedly, and like kind of minimize it, it's, <laughs> it really makes you feel like you might be being tested for an experiment. I'm serious. It was like unbelievable. So anyway, so after cleaning up a lot, I began to really get excited about doing some new things. I brought in a chalk table, I brought in the makerspace, I brought in, um, you know, activities for kids to do that work that really got them thinking. My whole goal in a media in the media center, and I have a different philosophy of a lot of um, people that I've spoken to that feel like it should still be a library. I am 100% about kids reading. But I'm also about kids engaging and kids loving to think and to learn. And that is my main goal. And and I know that that can be done through reading and falling in love with books and literature and nonfiction and topics. And I 100% believe that was always a goal of mine in my classroom was to get kids to love it. I knew if they loved reading, that the door like the world was their oyster. I mean, I knew they had like opportunities to do and be whatever they wanted because they were able to find information. Well, I still felt like that in the media center, but I also felt so strongly about kids thinking and doing and learning and coding and technology integration. And it was just, so for me, like the library became a media center and, and I wanted it. My goal was for it to be a hub of thinking and learning and reading. And I was excited. So Makerspace was something that really fit into that philosophy. And, and that's when I began to craft my Makerspace in my media center. And I found incorporating a Makerspace to be like an astonishing addition. I mean, it really was like 
a game changer. These kids that once upon a time had, you know, come in and like dumped off books and that's what that's all they thought of as the media center was a place to pick up a book that they didn't necessarily love, just a book that they had to read and they'd take it and leave. They wouldn't even like they wouldn't even choose a book. They literally just grabbed one off the shelf as if that was just a task they were made to do. They didn't, they didn't like do a picture walk. They didn't look through, they didn't find the author that they loved. They didn't have a genre that they were really um, excited about. They didn't have an author series that they wanted to read every single book. And I'm, I'm like, I got to change this. It's got to be different than this. So, you know, by the end, they were all, you know, kids were asking for Mo Willems, and they loved Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And they were in there to find, you know, books that excited them. And they were reading all about tigers. And they were, you know, they wanted to know where the the, of course, they always wanted to know where the graphic novels were located, but they didn't even know about that, the, that that was a thing before. So it was pretty exciting to watch this transformation. But the real transformation took place with the makerspace. I will say that it was it was a place for them to not and, and like a lot of people think, oh, that's just a place to play. You know, I kind of feel like, why are we so negative about play? Kids learn so much through play. They're able to think through things that they're feeling, feelings that they have through play. Like that's that's a crucial part of child development. And we have to stop acting like anything that we do that looks like play is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. Like if you are learning through play, you forget that you're learning. You don't even know you're learning. You're learning and you're having fun. And that is when we remember things. When our brain makes these connections to like positive feelings, that's when we remember things. So I think that we have to stop acting like play is a bad thing. So let's talk a little bit about what is a makerspace. So if you're thinking, you know, what is a makerspace and you're still still haven't heard that term, which I really find hard to believe because it's totally out there now. But if you if you don't, that that's okay, because you know that, you know, we don't, we don't capture everything. And it hasn't integrated into a classroom as much as I think it should. So let's talk about what it is first. A makerspace is a place where students can gather to create, invent, tinker, explore, and discover using a variety of tools and materials. So basically, in a nutshell, it is, it is an astonishing place to think and to learn. And that is what drew me to it in the first place. That's the thing that I love about makerspace is it, it really can be it can be anything. And that's, that's the beauty of it. There's no limit. It's there are no limits, only possibilities. It is an environment that is only restricted by one's imagination. It's a wonder of discovery. So in my media center, I brought kids in. And that was their initial goal was just to get them in there. I wanted them to be there. I wanted them to see that this is a place in their school that was built for them to read, to learn, to think, to be protected, nourished, and loved, a place to celebrate all types of learners. That is the beauty of a makerspace. It takes every subject and brings it to life. One of my favorite quotes on some research, I and I did a ton of research on makerspace. But one of my favorite quotes, it was from the makerspace playbook, which is a absolute must read if you're even considering makerspace. But makerspaces come in all shapes and sizes, but they all serve as a gathering point for tools, projects, mentors and expertise. A collection of tools does not define a makerspace. Rather, we define it by what it enables making. Oh, 
I love that. Isn't that so cool? Like it doesn't have to be defined by if you have enough popsicle sticks in your makerspace or if you have enough technology in your makerspace. It doesn't have to be defined by those those things. What it's defined by is what you are making. You're making something. You're you're building, you're creating, you're thinking, you're inventing, you're tinkering, tinkering. I love that word. And yes, you're playing. You're playing sometimes. And I think that is a beautiful thing. So really anything goes. And the more you more ideas you have and materials and organization for your makerspace, then that's, a, you know, that's definitely a topic I can go on and on about. <laughs> so having seen the power of makerspace in a media center, I think it can easily be converted into a classroom. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because there really are, and that was kind of a long way to get to that. But hopefully you can really f- understand what I'm saying about makerspace and why it might be valuable in general, and not just for a media center, and not just for a STEM classroom, but for a regular traditional classroom. Um, and and that's, that's the really important part. You know you've seen them in media centers, and some some places you haven't, but hopefully you have. And I, but I think this can easily be converted into a classroom, with all the educational mandates and the expectations, oh, and the testing and the things that we are asking kids to do on a regular basis. I really think that kids still need that time to create and wonder and discover. And I know that you're probably thinking. But how in the world am I going to fit this into my schedule? Like I already have all these other things that I have to do that are that are mandated and they have to have this amount of time on this program or that program or they, you know, we I have to have a 90 minute reading block or I have to, you know, whatever your your mandates are. And I, and believe me, I get it. I 100% get it. I know it's hard to fit things into your schedule. But sometimes there are some things like read aloud. I'm just going to take a quick side note on that. Read aloud in an elementary school classroom. I even think in all classrooms, but let's just be realistic. And in an elementary school classroom is 100% must do. Kids need to hear us reading fluently and they need to hear us thinking about text and they, and out loud, like as we're, as we're demonstrating what, what a reader does. That is such a vital important thing for kids to hear and kids need they need to be read to every single day and in even a little bit older children need this as well and I think we let go of this sometimes when they start reading but we can't we can't let go of it all right I had to take that side that side turn now I'll get get back to makerspace so what are the reasons what are the five astonishing reasons that classrooms need a makerspace well the first reason they need a makerspace is to inspire creativity and here's another quote from the three qualities for a school makerspace it's the most important quality of a makerspace is that it encourages creativity this can be done with a space full of hand tools, materials, and finished projects. The culture in a space should support the idea that anything is possible. Ugh, anything is possible. That is so empowering for kids. They need to know that anything is possible. So that means that anything goes in a makerspace. Kids can create with just about any type of materials, and being creative allows kids to think of new ideas and different possibilities. So once again, let's go back to the schedule part. Like, what are you doing for bell work? What are you doing for the first thing that kids do when they walk in the door? What if you had some makerspace time? What if you had like 10 minutes of makerspace time so that they could kind of really get 
just into discovering, inventing, creating. I wonder how 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 much more you could get done if kids had a little bit of time to like transition into their day. And they ha- and the first thing they did was something that they enjoyed doing. Like I, I really wonder how much more work we could get out of them for the rest of the day. It often makes me wonder now that's not something that I did in my classroom. Because I didn't like I said, I didn't know about makerspace. But I really think that to myself, like that might have been something that was that would have been extremely powerful. I, I had, you know, bell work, they had bell work, they came right in, they had a procedure, they had a place to put their backpack, get, you know, get a drink and all those things. And they got right to work on their bell work. But I had a lot of kids that were reluctant. They were like dragging themselves in, they'd get their planner, maybe they'd get their planner out, like they would do the things they were supposed to, but they were dragging to get to that bell work. I wonder what it would have been like if they had come in the door, done all the things they needed to do, and jumped right into a makerspace. I think it would have made a huge difference. So I think it's something to consider. And 10 minutes of that bell work that you think might be working, like you're reviewing some grammar skills or you're reviewing some math skills, how invested are they? How much do they really learn in that time period? What if we made it a makerspace time period? Like, what would they learn then? And what if you took something and you like made it a theme in the makerspace every month? Or maybe it was a theme tied around what you're doing in science or even a theme of what you're tired tied to doing in math. I mean, makerspace is anything, creating anything. So maybe they're creating a clock because you're doing a unit on time or even taking a clock apart. That would be unbelievable. They could actually take it apart and see how it works. I mean, There's just so many possibilities. I do like a lot of free exploration because I think kids have such a little amount of time to have free choice. So I think that that's still essential, but maybe like you've, you alternated like on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, it was something to do with some kind of hands-on curriculum type of thing. But on Tuesday and Thursday, you had free exploration or vice versa. You know, don't make it super hard for yourself because I think centers are hard enough for us to keep up with as teachers. So don't make it so difficult. And and hey, what if you even did that? What if it was like a center? The makerspace was a center. What if you incorporated that into your center rotation? What if you did it at the end of the day? What if it was some type of reward system? They did this, this, and this, and they got a chance to go to makerspace. I mean, there's just there's just endless possibilities of fitting it into the schedule when you really want to. I mean, it really usually takes us thinking this is something that I, this is a non-negotiable for me. I am including read aloud every single day. It doesn't matter what happens. That was always a non-negotiable for me. What about makerspace being a non-negotiable? just something to think about. All right. So number one, we said makerspace inspires creativity. Number two, makerspace encourages problem solving and critical thinking. So I feel like this, this happens on accident. And I love when learning happens on accident. I had the best conversation about that with Chris Kessler in episode 15, when we were talking about, we were talking about his escape rooms, which I think are incredible. When we were talking about that, we talked about kids learning on accident or almost like tricking kids into learning. And I know that sounds terrible, but when when we get them so involved in what they're doing that they're learning 
on accident. That is amazing. That is, I love that. I love that for myself when I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm having the best time. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm learning something. Like, this is great. So I think that those moments are so important. And I love those moments when kids are learning and they don't even realize it. I think it's amazing. And yes, that metacognitive thinking is so vital. We want them to know what they're thinking and how they're thinking and how they're using their brain. But sometimes we just have to hook them. And sometimes we do we we look at we we pull that metacognitive piece in when we reflect on how we were thinking. So maybe we have a five minute reflection or we do a, you know, numbered heads together where we every kid lifts up off their seat on their team and they put their heads together, they go around the table and they talk about what, what they were doing, what they were learning, how they were thinking. So we add that metacognitive piece in to what we just did during a makerspace. I think that can be really powerful. And if you're doing multiple intelligence, maybe you're talking about which intelligence they were using or they were utilizing and or which one it, it like stretched them in the area that it stretched. So I think that's important too. Um, and I do believe that makerspaces draw kids in. Kids want to think critically and problem solve, and they love being challenged when it feels like play. Oh, yes, they love it. And that is the important part. And we, and you know, of course, we don't have to make learning fun all the time. And people get kind of, I think, a little defensive, me included, when I'm like, well, I don't have to do, I don't have to entertain them. But you know what? What if we did entertain them? Again, on accident, we entertained them on accident. Think about how much more engaged they will be. All right, so Makerspace inspires creativity, number one. Number two, Makerspace encourages problem solving and critical thinking. Number three, here's another reason why we should have Makerspace in our traditional classroom, and that is Makerspace provides hands-on learning. So here is another quote by Laura Fleming. She's the author of Worlds of Making, which is another under really great resource for makerspace. So she says, a makerspace is a metaphor for a unique learning environment that encourages tinkering, play, and open-ended exploration for all. That's the that's another beautiful thing about makerspace is that it it's access for all types of learners. It's access for kids that struggle in areas and it's 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 bringing the content alive for all kids. I love that. And also it mixes aspects of STEM, like science, technology, engineering, and math. It sprinkles it in with hands-on experiences, imagination, and discovery. And this can really be an amazing aspect of Makerspace. And so if you're starting to do some STEM activities, and I think Makerspace is a little more loosely defined by those curriculum aspects as far as STEM being, you know, a little bit more like grounded in standards. I think that makers, I think makerspaces can be, I think they absolutely can be, but I also think that they don't have to tie every single aspect to that. But what if you did do a makerspace with some technology? What if you did a podcast in your makerspace? Or what if that was your reflective part in the makerspace? Like, Instead of doing like a numbered heads together or like calling on kids randomly, instead, what if you had them do like a one to two minute little podcast snippet of what they just did in the makerspace? They explained it. They talked about it. They talked about how, um, you know, what part of their brain they were using, what type of thinking they were using, how they were feeling about it. What if they shared that on a podcast 
I mean, that would be pretty powerful. You could put all of those pieces together and you could have a podcast that you even shared with your parents or even shared with the rest of the class. Like it's important for us to think about how others are learning too. It helps us to think, hey, I might've missed that. I'm, I did that too. And I didn't even realize I did that. So I think that those things are really powerful. So adding a podcast into a makerspace would definitely incorporate technology. And it would also incorporate that metacognitive thinking that we want kids to do for every subject. So I think that that would be, I think that could be incredible. But there's, you know, other hands-on things that are going on there too. I, I know I had a lot of, um, of not necessarily puzzles, but like things that they had, like connects where they had to build or those, they, I had these straw, I don't remember what they were called, but they were like a straw, straws and they had little connectors and they could build things with that. And not only they could they build like, you know, three-dimensional shapes because we were studying that in math, but they could create like a setting because we were discussing setting, you know, story elements in literature. I just think, you know, the possibilities are completely endless. So I think that that can be so exciting. And, and you, and what about literature? Like that was just one example of bringing literature into the, into the makerspace. But I have several, many actually like I have a whole year's worth of makerspace moments in literature and that's what I called them because I really felt like we were leaving out literature in our stem and makerspace activities and I'm like what about incorporating stories and really looking at the the elements of like the problem and having solutions for the problems that were occurring in stories that's why I took literature some really good literature and I tied it I tied in all the standards for literature not all of them but I I picked specific literature standards so it was very standards based that way if a principal walked in my door and said, what are you doing? I can say, well, we're, you know, we're doing point of view, we're working on point of view currently. And we're taking a look at how characters, their point of view of the story and how characters are reflecting their specific way of thinking throughout this story. And I could tie it right to literature. And then I'm like, and now as an extension, we're taking a problem from the story, because we've been working on story elements, and we're, we're, we're creating solutions to the problem. And now we're using engineering skills. Like, I think that is so powerful. So not only have they invested in this incredible piece of literature and done some really good close reading activities. Now on top of that, they are tinkering and creating and inventing and they're using some engineering activities as an extension to the story. So if you are interested in those makerspace moments in literature, I have them in my store on Teachers Pay Teachers. I'll drop a link in the show notes so you can go check those out. And also I have a free one that you can check out, which is just a way for you to, to really see if this is something that you could try in your classroom. This would just be the beginning aspects of a makerspace. Maybe you don't have a, an actual makerspace in your classroom yet, but you're wanting to think, you're thinking about trying it out. This could be a perfect way. You're tying literature standards into to engineering standards. And so the I have a freebie that you can tr- check out. I also have a video on makerspace, so you can take a look at that as well with that freebie and that freebie. And then I also have a spring freebie. So since it's that time of year, 
I have a spring maker space freebie that you can use in your classroom. It's really geared towards more like first and second grade. I think third grade could do that as well. But it's um, the, that particular one is geared more towards first and second grade. And so if you're thinking about how you're going to add some makerspace or some, you know, STEM types of activities, then that could be something that you think about doing. So check those out. I'll I'll drop the links, like I said. All right. So another quote by more information on makerspace is Jennifer Cooper on designing a school makerspace. And this was in Edutopia. I love Edutopia. She says, makerspaces provide hands-on creative ways to encourage students to to design, experiment, build, and invent as they deeply engage in science, engineering, and tinkering. So I love that. I think that's so cool. All right. I'm going to also drop that link into the video that I've created. It's on my it's on my website, Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, and it's actually in my blog post that has the same title as this podcast, which is Five Astonishing Reasons Every Classroom Needs a Makerspace. So I'll drop that link in there so you can check out there. The, the video is actually embedded on that on that blog post. All right, so number four. This is the fourth reason that we should be we should be incorporating makerspace in our classroom. And that is makerspace motivates reluctant learners. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's one of my main reasons for doing the makerspace moment in literature, because I needed reluctant readers to actually get excited about text. And th- and doing something hands-on often excites kids that aren't loving the writing aspect of things. So, and they're reluctant because the the text is hard for them or writing is hard for them, those kinds of thinking, but they can talk about it. Oh, they could talk about it in a podcast as well. Just saying. All right. So this motivates children who don't love to learn. It's one of my favorite reasons for why classrooms deserve to have a makerspace. Um, children that have become reluctant learners and that's the sad part because, well, because they're not getting, they're not being stimulated. They're not being excited. So their natural curiosity makes them a lover of learning. Yet sometimes this love is stifled in the way in which learning is presented and assessed. The way that we're doing it, like read this, answer this question, read this, answer this question. It's not motivating to thinkers. And some types of kids don't fall in line very well with this. And we are finding, they are finding more and more that kids are avoiding school. I mean, I have that at my own house. My son avoids school. That's not the way he thinks. He doesn't think with just answering questions and providing text evidence. It's not, that's not his style of thinking. He's a total doer kind of kid. So he needs hands-on activities. And and if you want to read more about my thoughts about education and like, how I feel like we are letting those types of kids down, then also I'm going to drop a link into a letter that I wrote my daughter, how an education system and I let her down because I'm part I was part of that like I was I was part of that system that let her down. So if you want to check that out, it's pretty intense just so you know. All right, another quote that I found in my massive research on makerspace comes from thinkers and tinkers, which is another great resource. What do you do in a makerspace? The simple answer is you make things, things in which you are curious, things that spring from your imagination that inspire you. The informal, playful atmosphere allows learning to unfold rather than conform to a rigid agenda. Making rather than consuming is the focus. It is the craft, engineering, technology, and wonder-driven. Ah! 
<laughs> so amazing. So amazing. I hope this is making you as excited as it's making me and that you're getting goosebumps and you're thinking, I totally, totally, totally want Makerspace in my classroom. All right. So if you don't, I'm going to give you one more reason why I think you should have it. And that's number five, Makerspace fosters collaboration. The beauty in a Makerspace is that we move away from competition and we move more to collaboration. That's the actual real like premise of a makerspace is collaboration. And like societies thrive on collaboration. We are constantly putting kids in situations where they are competing all the time, taking tests, where they stand on a data wall, all those things that feel very competitive. But why not take a closer look at how kids think, learn, and live? Makerspace is a powerful catalyst for synergy. Learning by doing, creating, collaborating, and hands-on discovery such as Makerspace is just one step closer to making education personal for the people that are in it, for the kids that are in it. It captures all these types of learners, even our most reluctant. Makerspace is a way to customize education to the needs of our students. I really feel like that is such a a vital piece of the puzzle. It customizes learning. The makerspace can be customized to our types of learners. I think that that is truly powerful. So what do you think? What are your thoughts on makerspace? Do you still feel like it might be too overwhelming to fit into your schedule? What are some solutions to that? What more could I offer you that would make you consider makerspace in your classroom? You can share all of this with me. You can either email me at tdebery at Trina Debery teaching and learning gmail.com or you can um, comment on this post comment on on this on this post below and I will take a look at your thinking and your thoughts about this and see if I can come up with some solutions or share with me your experience with makerspace I would absolutely love to hear from you I I love talking about makerspace I would write you back I want to hear from you so share your thinking with me it's this is such an important subject in my mind I think it's really powerful Okay, so hopefully you got some really good information. Let me just do a quick recap of the reasons in case you missed them. Number one, these are reasons why you should have a makerspace in your classroom. Number one, makerspace inspires creativity. Number two, makerspace encourages problem solving and critical thinking. Number three, makerspace provides hands-on learning. Number four, makerspace motivates reluctant learners. That's a huge one. And maker and number five, makerspace fosters collaboration, which is key to a society, a thriving society. All right. So hopefully, like I said, you got some good information about makerspace and you'll consider it. If you want to read about this, you can read it on my blog. I'll put that link in the blog po- or in the show notes. Also, if you're considering incorporating literature into your makerspace, then I have a link to makerspace moments in literature that I've created. And also, if you want to share your thinking or your barriers to makerspace, either one, I'd love to hear from you. You can comment below, you can email me, or you can share in you in your comments. I'm also going to drop a speak pipe link, which is like 
I'm going to, it allows you to record your thinking or your message, which is you can do it in a three in three minutes or less. So I'm going to drop that in there too. So if you don't feel like writing me back or leaving a comment, then you can just speak it into a voice message that will be sent to me. I love SpeakPipe. So let's, I want to use it more often. So I really want to hear from you. All right. So don't forget, I have a free masterclass on breaking down those five myths of podcasting to make meaningful connections with your audience. I just gave you one way that you could use podcasting in your classroom as like a reflection piece on Makerspace or on a reflection piece on anything actually could be really powerful. So think about coming and joining my masterclass. You can find more information about that at Trina Debrie Teaching and Learning, Learn with Trina, and I'll drop that link in as well. I hope you enjoyed this. I know I love talking about Makerspace and I get really excited about it and hopefully you can feel that and it motivates and inspires you as well. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling it, rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Can't wait to see you soon. For now, this one tired teacher is ready for a long nap. Until next time, sweet dreams and sleep tight. (laughs) 